Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Well, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Um, fathers, fathers-to-be, and those of you who know fathers, <laughs> we have a special gift for you today. This is Pastor's idea. This is Kevin Carney's special barbecue splash. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. They're out there in the lobby. Grab one. Do we have enough for two or just one? Liz says, start with one. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's our Father's Day gift to you. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Man, I, I, love, I, love, uh, man, I love just getting downloads from the Lord, I just tell you. It, it kind of it blows my mind. I kind of got a download this week. I started out the week by, you know, warning and thinking that the Lord wanted me to teach on works, because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about faith. Uh, faith uh, uh, is how we come into relationship and begin to really appropriate the things of God, and, and then because of God's grace on us, He empowers us to accomplish what He created us to do, and so... I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about how, uh, especially in James and in John, where, you know, faith without works is dead and all that kind of thing, what works looks like. And so that was my mindset, and the Lord just began to download this message to me saying, listen, you've got some of this stuff right, but there's a little bit more about this story that you need to get a hold of. And, and just begin to download the information. I just want you to know that I wasn't reading this passage of Scripture. I wasn't doing anything. It was just, it's a download. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I believe the Lord wants to do that to you. I think He wants to reveal His Word to you, and you get revelation where it changes your life. And I hope you do that this morning as we go through Luke chapter 15. Uh, born off of the message two weeks ago when we talked about if you'll have a measure of faith, a measure of faith in the faith of Jesus or in the faith of the Father, then that's going to be enough to carry you to a place of the miraculous, the, the power of God working in your circumstances that does more than you can do on your own. What did Jesus have faith in? Jesus had faith in God's way. And the thing you really need to realize, or we need to realize, is that you don't separate the will of God from the way of God. God carries out His will because it's His way. Jesus said, I am the, the truth and the life. There's no separation of the will of God and the way of God. It is His nature and His character that He, that he appropriates on earth. That's why when Joe, Dr. Joe says God is good, and you can, you can trust that God is good because that's his nature, that's his way. Does that make sense? So when we start thinking about the will and, and the way of God, we, we need to know that they kind of come together. Now, when we're looking at doing works, what we understand about works is it's God's way. 
what happens, what works really are is the manifestation of God's way in your life, right? What did Jesus have faith in? Jesus had faith in that God's way is good. God's way is right. God's way will work. He says to himself, your way is going to work, God. Not my way, but your way, right? And he had faith in that. What did God the Father not God the Son. What did God the Father have faith in Jesus? That he would trust that his way was good. Right? And that he would appropriate that way. So when we, when we see, see that in, in place, and then we begin to read this, this section of Luke as he it's, it's all in red. The whole, the whole section's in red. And it's a, a, a single encounter. And that's why I don't want to separate it. I want to show you how the prodigal son story uh, ties to the parable of the lost sheep. You know, the 99, there's 99 sheep and one gets lost. And then you also have the parable of the lost coin. The, the widow woman who has 10 coins and she loses a coin. and the, the whole, They're all tied together. Now, this whole scene is set uh, in, in a place where Jesus is teaching, most likely the, 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 the courtyard area in Jerusalem outside the temple, most likely. He's sitting around and he's sitting around with a bunch of sinners. And then there are the religious leaders that are gathered around and they're judging Jesus for what he's doing. And then Jesus addresses that whole situation. They're judging him saying, this man uh, can't know God because he's hanging out with sinners. And Jesus begins to show us how the kingdom of heaven works. That's why he, he ties in the parable of the prodigal son with the whole idea of the 99 and the, and the lost sheep and the lost coin. They all go together. Actually, the parable is the explanation of the first two. So I'm saying? Let's watch. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one who, lost, who is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance. There's a celebration that goes on in heaven when someone gets it. Now, what does gets it mean? It means that they believe that God's way is right and they repent from the way they were doing it and align themselves with God. That's repentance. And that also is the gospel because God's way is Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so you have this celebration in heaven over this sinner that was lost, or this sheep. 
It's interesting to me. I mean, there's so much in here. I can't get to all of it today. But it's interesting to me that the sheep was what got lost. So oftentimes when we look at this, and I've looked at it in the past, and it is true, that you think it's referring to somebody who's never known the Lord, but I think the Lord is saying that it refers to not only those who don't know the Lord, but those that are also in the church, because he's referencing this as a sheep. A sheep is underneath a shepherd. And look at what it says in the parable of the lost coin. He says, all right, here's the first. Now, here, here's another one. What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Over one lost person. And then he said, so there are, you see the relationship between the first two. A certain man had two sons. Who's the man? The man is God. A certain man had two sons. Who's the sons? You and me. Right? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them. His livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. He, he, uh, he, he gets his stuff together, and, and he takes off. And if you've got your Bible, I want you to underline far country. And there he wasted his possession with prodigal living. The first thing that I want you to see is that we see that this young son decides he wants to go underneath different leadership. First of all, when you go from one country or one culture to another, do you find different leadership? You find different laws? You find different stuff? Abba, are you in the house? Abba, are you still here? Is he going to do ministry? He's going to do ministry. Uh, he had his African attire on this morning. And I had another brother that was from an area in Africa near him that visited a few weeks ago. He's a missionary, and he came, and he could recognize where Abba was from based on the clothing that he wore. In their culture, different parts of Africa have different ways of dressing, and there's identity on the dress that tells them they're from this tribe or that tribe or this area or whatever. He knew exactly where he, he was from based on what he was dressed. And, and so what you see the prodigal do is he went to a place that was governed differently than he was being governed. He went to another country, a far country, and there he wasted his possession with wasteful, wild, prodigal living. But when he had spent all there, he arose... There, there came a severe famine. Let me try that one more time, verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He began to be in want. Now, what I want you to see about this is that if you, if you come underneath a different way of thinking, 
If you come underneath a different way of doing, you can't separate the way of God and the will of God. If you decide that you want to leave that way and leave that will and go to another way of thinking, another way of doing, and subject yourself to that, what you're going to have to recognize is you're going to reap the benefits of that way. And this prodigal son goes to another way, a place where he comes up underneath a new form of government, a new way, and he finds himself barren, hungry, not supplied, in want. And then he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he set him into the citizen sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And that's an interesting story, especially when you know the Jewish culture. Because feeding pigs was not apropos. That was not a good thing for a Jew to be doing. Matter of fact, it was the most unpure thing that this guy could do. And so what he did, he set himself underneath this authority figure to... to be subjected to his way, and this guy sends him to a place that is totally unpure. And he finds himself underneath that authority, and in that authority he finds himself doing something that he would have never, ever done before. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods, the food that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him that opportunity. But when he had come to himself... He said this, how many of my father's hired servants had bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Now listen, there's a couple of things I want you to hear about this passage of Scripture. The first one is, while the boy has subjected himself to another way of thinking, to another way of living, to a, to a culture that's contrary to God's culture, in God's way. And then he has subjected himself underneath authority that sits into a place of total impurity. He still knows, he still knows that his father's servants are blessed. He still knows that those that are underneath the father's way have everything they want and more. The Spirit of God, if you are ever a son or daughter of God, will never relent reminding you of the provision that comes as a son and daughter of God. There's provision that God gives when you respond to his way. And so this son, this son knows that to be true. And he says this, even the servants... Are blessed and have more than they need. Now I want you to understand what servants mean. A servant, if you look at the um, the Strong's Concordance and you look up, you know, the Greek for for the word slave here, the word servant here. This is what it means. It means one who gives himself up for another's will. To be devoted to another and altogether disregard your own interest. 
comes to himself in want. And he realizes his condition. And he says, I remember that those who are not committed to their own interests but are committed to the way and the will of God, they have, not only do they have everything they need, but they have more. I remember that about the servants of God. I'm telling you right now. The Lord has laid it on my heart in a heavy way. And we can do something about it here. And maybe we can influence other things. But there needs to be a reformation in the church that goes from a place of where we're trying to entertain people, getting them to where they accept God and become a blessed nation of God so that people actually recognize that those people are servants of God. They laid down their way and their will. They're like the Son of God who knew that the Father's way would work. And because they commit to that, then they're blessed. Not only do they have everything they need, they have way more. Yes. And the Spirit of God is reminding the Son of this condition. So he says. Servants are in that condition. I'm sitting here because I've subjected myself. I'm hungry and I have want in every way. He says, this is what I'll do. I'll arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your One of your servants who laid down their will and their way and adopt your way, your will. And he rose and he came to his father. But when he was still at a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him. And he ran and fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, those who carried out his way, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, clothed in the clothing as a son. With a ring of authority of the family. Even though he'd been in a condition of impurity, even though he'd been in a condition where he had submitted himself to another way, as soon as the father saw his repentant heart, 
he said to him, I put the clothes of the family back on you. The best I've got. And I put the ring of authority on your hand. The authority of the kingdom. Everything that belongs to the family. And so he said, bring a fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Sounds similar to the joy that is brought about by the one lamb and the lost coin. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found and they began to be merry. Now I want you to just say this real quick. This is why I think he's talking so much about the church. My, my son was lost but was dead, but now he's alive. He had, for a season, he had committed to a way of thinking and a way of doing that was contrary to the ways and the will of God. And because he lived in that place, he was dead. He was barren. He was in need. He was in want. His needs weren't being met. He didn't have what comes as a son. And he had squandered his inheritance. But as soon as he repented, as soon as he came back to the place where he said, Father, your way is better. Your way is better than my way. He restored authority to get back, to be restored back to his original place. Did he still lose his inheritance? Yes. There are some of you who have lost relationships. You have gone through divorce and you've lost what God intended a father and a mother to actually be. You've lost the purity of that. Thing. There, there are many of you who have, who have given yourself away before you got married and you've lost something that you'll never get back. There are some who have, have lost possibilities or maybe even lost opportunities because you lived in a way that was contrary to God's kingdom way. Do you, are you going to get that back? No. Probably gone. Probably gone. But <laughs> you got a ring of the one who owns everything. And you've been given authority to recapture and restore and reconcile and multiply. To where there's everything you need and more. Will it look different? Absolutely it looks different. It looks better. It looks good. Right? Which gets me to part two. Which is the brother. <laughs> Now, his older brother (laughs) 
The older son was in the field, and he came and drew near to the house, and he heard music and dancing, and he, and he called one of his servants, one of the ones who do, does the ways of God, one of, one of the ones who, who is uh, devoted to the interest of the father and disregards his own interest. He came to him, and he asked, what in the world is going on? And that's Southern. That's southern Israel right there. That's southern. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he, because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatty calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, and I have never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat and might make merry with my friend, that I might make merry with my friends. Boy, that sounds like a pity party, <laughs> doesn't it? And as soon as this son of yours, listen, <laughs> listen, can you hear the unforgiveness? He doesn't even identify with his brother. He doesn't even say, now my brother comes home. He says, this son of yours which tells him where he is. It, 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 it's, it's like, I don't, even, I don't even associate with this guy, which is religious to the core, which says, I'm good, he's bad. Says it, says it loud and clear. It, it shouts, it's this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. Now listen, all that I have is yours. Everything that I intended to happen in your life from the very beginning is still going to happen. Everything that, that I had planned for you is still going to come to fruition. And I think that this is somewhat of a warning to the son, listen, everything I've got planned, unless you screw it up like your son did because he has nothing. See, if you know anything about the heritage and the inheritance of the Jewish culture, the firstborn gets two-thirds and, or yeah, two-thirds gets double what the secondborn gets. And the, and the, and the secondborn had already got everything that he got and he went and blew it. But the firstborn still has everything thing the father has. And he says, everything I intended you from the beginning is still yours. It's still yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and he is alive again. There it is again. And was lost. And now he's found. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 14. If, if you're trying to keep up, Kevin, chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. You with me? If my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and, and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to your prayer made in this place. Listen. The church, us, have a tendency to put our ear to other philosophies that seem to be easier to do than the philosophies of God. There seems to be there seems to be. And I know what happens in this church. I know what's happening in a lot of lives. I mean a lot. I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about a lot. There is an aversion to reading the Scriptures. We don't know the Word and the ways of God. And we refuse, for some reason, to devote our day to discovering the will and the ways of God. And when we do that, what we're doing is, is we're, we're, we're warning and we're resisting that so that we can live in a different country. We're saying we don't want to discover the ways, your ways, Lord, because then I'll have to do them. Or somehow I'll be accountable for that. But here is, here is the problem. And I think we're growing out of it. But I, but I, hope, I hope we mash the gas and grow out of it faster. Right? We're starting to see that, that people are being blessed when they're adhering to the ways of God. And, and when they're getting to know their God and, and knowing Scripture and, and lining themselves up with it, we're beginning to hear testimonies and blessing. It's being poured out on people, and we see the evidence of that. Hopefully, it makes us jealous, and we say, I want more than that. And we say, well, I just don't understand how I don't get this or I don't get that. And we say, well, have you been in the Word? And they, well, not like I should. Well, you can't. impossible and so we live in a different place and we subject ourselves to a different set of thinking and, and that's coming underneath an authority that's an authority outside of what God said do and when we do that what we find is that we are in want so if you find yourself in want it might be because you haven't aligned yourself with the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? God wants you to have what you need and wants you to have it in abundance so that the world will want what you have. And that's called evangelism. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. 
If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.